Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, the Hour of Truth with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. A very warm welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, brought to you on Body, Mind, Spirit Radio on every third Tuesday of the month. Discover the cosmic message for this age revealed through legendary master of yoga and world-renowned medium Dr. George King between 1954 and 1997. Today, your host, Richard Lawrence, will be joined by a newcomer to Aetherius Radio Live, Julian Rosser, but he is not new to the society, having presented various lectures and workshops, including King Yoga Experiences events both in New Zealand and London, as well as being a full-time employee at the European headquarters in London and a priest-elect in the Israel churches. So that's quite a resume on our newcomer. Today, Richard will be discussing a very topical subject for regions which will become obvious soon. And the fascinating title of today's show is Jesus, the Master, who revealed a pantheon of supergalactic proportions. So without further ado, I hand you over to Richard. Thank you very much, Nikki. And welcome to you, Julian. Thank you very much, Richard. It's great to be here, and especially today for this topic. Yes. Well, of course, um, it is a very significant day. And just to remind listeners to Ethereus Radio Live, it's March the 15th, uh, the day which, on which, of course, uh, the Master Jesus was born on Earth. He wasn't born on December the 25th. And we in the Ethereum Society celebrate that all over the world. Celebrations have already begun down in New Zealand, uh, which you're very familiar with, Julian. And yeah. in three hours, we'll have our service in London and later on in, in all over the world. So it is a very significant day and a very significant day for Julian to join us. Um, and I'm pleased that Nicky introduced the many things he does for us. Another thing he does for us is the, a lot on the technical and the online and the website aspect. I think we'd be nowhere near the stage we are at without Julian actually he's done a tremendous amount for us and for that we're very grateful um, what I would just say is that to Chrissy and I heard from Chrissy literally five minutes ago and I'm sorry to say she's not very well she's been coughing and uh, she has some sickness and cannot join us she was going to join us but she was looking forward to it actually she and I discussed this very topic um, so Julian has jumped in at the last minute, which is uh, he hasn't had any time really to prepare whatsoever, and he's very, very welcome to to the show to uh, to, to to give us his of his insights and to help me in presenting what is a gigantic thing, really. Um, and I'm sorry if the title, a pantheon of supergalactic proportions, it sounds a bit OTT, maybe, but actually it isn't when you really consider it. Now, when it comes to the anniversary of the birth of the Master Jesus 2,000 years ago, um, we really do focus in those services very often on his life. And in the Ethereum Society, we've been given by Dr. King, I think, an insight into his life and his strategy and his whole plan, his whole purpose on earth, which above all else was to die and take harmer. And we've been given that uh, extensively. Um, but on this particular occasion, we're not going to dwell on that aspect. We're not going to dwell on his main mission to earth. We're going to dwell on, on the Master Jesus as the teacher, the wonderful teacher he was. And I'm going to say the cosmic teacher because there must be a reason why it uh, fell to him or it was, it, was, it was called upon to deliver some of the most advanced revelations we've ever received about the highest beings in the universe. Uh, as a matter of fact, in that one respect, the 12 blessings, and we are referring here to the 12 blessings, goes further in that respect even than the nine freedoms because it goes way beyond even solar existence. And we're going to actually focus on the last four blessings only because these are revelations that have never ever been made before 
there are many revelations in the Twelve Blessings and the Nine Freedoms and the our teachings that have never been made before. But never before have we heard of such high intelligences as we hear about in the Ninth, Tenth, Eleventh and Twelfth Blessings. And, you know, I have a view, Julian, that... Um, you know, we're given some of these very advanced, this very advanced knowledge, not just as a sort of signpost, a wonderful you know, indication of what is to come in evolutionary terms and how great some of these beings are, but as something for us to learn from and in some tiny way to apply. So I do think that, that there's got to be some relevance in our lives from these extremely advanced teachings, Julian. Yeah, well, and one interesting thing is that they're still giving service if we take the galaxy, even, even right the way up. Service is, is, yes. is the cornerstone. Indeed, indeed. So up to now, uh, we're, we're told that the um, Brahma of the Hindu scripts and the God of the Bible, we're told this in, in the Twelve Blessings, uh, was the sun. So the eighth blessing, um, although not in the depth and the explanation we have in the twelve blessings, the concept of the sun being a great god, I mean, that isn't new. Um, Akhenaten, for example, the pharaoh, uh, managed to change, uh, brilliantly really, the whole focus of their worship to the sun, for his reign at least. It didn't last after him. And, and we've had this in, in so-called primitive cultures, so-called primitive cultures, a reverence for the sun. We certainly had it in the, the ancient Greek, Greek legends. We hear about um, solar beings and, and uh, intelligences that come from the sun in solar vehicles. Uh, we, we have reference uh, not only in Egypt and Greece, but in, in ancient I believe in ancient Rome, I'm right in saying, and other parts of the world. So this isn't new. Certainly it's new to the extent the Master Jesus explains it. But um, when we get beyond that, to the ninth, the tenth, the eleventh, the twelfth blessings, we are going beyond anything we've heard before. There may have been mention of supreme lords of karma. There may have been mention of, of lords of creation, but not at that supergalactic level uh, that we are is explained to us and that's what we're going to focus on and that's why I use the term pantheon which of course refers to gods a system of gods if you like um, it's never before though been applied to such advanced intelligences and I have to say that this is liable to be a very advanced program not because I'm in any way advanced or I don't think Julian would claim to be but because of the content and I, I don't think we should just pass over the advanced content that we are given in, in the nine freedoms as well and say, well, that's beyond my pay grade and so on. It's true. The things even Dr. King said that he didn't really fully understand. But it's also given to us for a reason. And um, I, I've come to believe, uh, Julian, and this is only a personal opinion, that um, the master Etherius, who Dr. King once called the infallible one, if you might remember, um, had a hand in, 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 after all, it was he who was first contacted, uh, or rather, who made the first contact, and the early transmissions all came from him, and uh, cosmic ones, that is, and I seem to believe, and it's only an opinion, that it was he who... Um, turn to the Master Jesus, if you like, and I'm sure, well, I'm not sure, but I would believe the nine, the Master Sector 6 to deliver those two core sets of teachings that we now have, of, of the which, I have to say, the Master Theorist said the nine prisms is the greater as a set of teachings, but what we're coming on today goes even beyond the scope of the of the nine freedoms so um, I'm going to we're going to focus in the future more on the master theorist by the way because in his humility of course uh, his he hasn't didn't give a series of teachings but he gave many many teachings that need examining but Julian shall we get started and let's go straight to the ninth blessing and start to explore this pantheon of supergalactic proportions. Bearing in mind, for those not so familiar with us, that the blessings so far have gone as far as the Mother Earth and then the Sun as a living intelligence, and suns, of course, throughout the universe as living intelligences. Uh, but now we're going to the ninth blessing. 
and, we, and Master Jesus introduces for us in his beautiful poetic language. I mean, what a wonderful master to give us these extremely elevated teachings, don't you think, Julian? Yeah, and it's, it's, it's interesting to think why he chose that particular um, style to deliver them in. It really is. It's, um, some of it is sort of 17th century English um, in style. And I, I tend to think that, I mean, it must be deliberate. It's interesting, isn't it, that it's in that period that the Bible was, tra- just before that, but around there, that the Bible was translated for the first time into the English language. And that must yeah, have been King a very, James very version, significant... Yes the King James exactly there had been versions even before that one um, and that must be a very significant thing I would suggest and, and obviously the Master Jesus chooses to use it it's also the language yeah, it, of Shakespeare it, sorry mm. yeah I was going to say and the, the interesting thing I think about when exactly at this point you're picking up from the ninth blessing is that and I wonder what the minds of the people who had heard these first the, the first eight blessings as they were given and they got up to the Lord of the, 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 the eighth blessing and they heard that that's the God of the Bible and they must have wondered what on earth was going to come next good point very good point can you we put ourselves into their mind what will be the next one and we don't know whether the master himself knew because bearing in mind of course mm. he didn't even hear these he, he, he didn't rem- he had no recall when he was in deep somatic trance taking these transmissions um, so he had to listen to them himself afterwards and you can tell in the way he talks about it that it was uh, an absolute revelation to him some of it certain revelations yes. absolutely um, struck him very very intensely but so coming to the ninth blessing then Martha Jesus introduces the existence of the supreme lords of karma stretching their influence throughout the galaxy to manifest the great laws with perfection. So we have here a definition that they operate within the galaxy. Uh, That isn't to say there aren't supreme lords of karma in other galaxies, but the ones referred to here in the Ninth Blessing relate to this particular galaxy. Um, Now, when we have a phrase like a supreme lord of karma, we have to realize that the term lord of karma is used separately from this so i mean mars sector six is a lord of karma saturnian saturnian masters would be lords of karma um so it's there are same with lords of creation there are different we were talking about this before weren't we julian there are different uses of these terms and we have to be quite specific yes and and it's obviously at that level um it's there must be subtleties uh between them that are a bit beyond us Indeed, indeed. So it may well be that it was known in past cultures that divine intelligences determine the laws of karma. I think that would have been known, whether they call them lords of karma or by whatever name they were known. But it's very unlikely that people on this earth knew that there were supreme lords of karma karma who governed the entire galaxy. Apart from anything else, it wasn't really known what a galaxy was. Uh, I'm not including ascended masters here uh, at all. I'm, no, I'm sure, well, their knowledge is unknown to us and how far that went. But th- that apart, in any revealed teachings, this concept of supreme lords of karma uh, perfecting the law throughout this galaxy is a new one. And let's face it, I mean, since Atlantis anyway, most people haven't understood what a galaxy is, never mind the idea of the sort of intricate workings of, of karma down to the last iota by these, uh, these supreme lords. Now we're coming on to the numbers in the Twelve Blessings, because there are a lot of numbers in the Twelve Blessings, and we're often asked about them. Um, of course, a lot of them are symbolic, but some of them can be actual as well but not literal. Sorry to use all those words, and we will exp- I will try and explain what I mean by that. But, for example, you could get a particular number relating to a number of uh, type of intelligence, Do- and, and that will have a meaning, and it can have an exact meaning, but it can be that that intelligence as well has many, many aspects 
I mean, we know that a, a Lord of Saturn has thousands of aspects. So how many aspects would a Supreme Lord of Karma has? We have no idea. Now, in the 12 blessings, the number seven is particularly significant. It's clearly used by advanced intelligence, and I mean used, because it strikes me, Julian, that these intelligences could be in any number they wanted. I mean, they're above and beyond. They're not limited by number. They're using numbers. And so the number of set, if they choose to manifest as seven, that's because they want to. And being even greater than sons, they could choose any number they want. So I think it would be quite helpful if you would kindly read for us the few lines from the ninth blessing that specify the numbers in which the Supreme Lords of Karma manifest. Okay, so here we go. Thrice blessed are the seven, thrice blessed are the fourteen, thrice blessed are the twenty-one, and once blessed is the one who stands in the exact centre of this circle. Thank you. So it's seven, it's fourteen, it's twenty-one, and then it's one in the centre of this circle. And that's a concept that's reflected even higher than Supreme Lords of Calm, the concept of having one in the exact centre of a particular circle. These, these are some universal concepts that are repeated, particularly in the higher blessings. Now, I would take that, Julian, to mean, and I could be wrong here, that there are seven, thrice blessed are the seven, there's another 14, plus an, uh, I would take that to be another 14, thrice blessed are the 14, and I take it to be another 21. So thrice blessed are the 7, thrice blessed are the 14, thrice blessed are the 21, maybe the 21 around the 14, around the 7. And uh, if that is the case, you have there a total of 42, and then you have one in the centre of this circle. And if that is the case, that's 43. If those are all individual supreme lords of karma, if there is such a thing as an individual supreme lords of karma, so I want to repeat, they're choosing to manifest in this way. But interestingly, getting back, and I'm not a numerologist, uh, Chrissy actually is a bit of a numerologist, but if you add up the numbers four and three, what do you get? Seven. Again, so a mystic number of wisdom and divinity. Um, again, just to give you that, that image again, because we are trying to, we were being told things about these gods that A, we didn't even know existed before the 12 blessings. Let's really focus on that. I mean, that's 1958. So uh, you're a mathematician. What was that, 64 years ago? I think I've got that right. Um, and it seems to, to be a depiction live of, on the air, but yes, that sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems to be a depiction of 21 in a circle around 14, in a circle around 7, in, a, in an inner circle around the one in the centre. A very symbolic and powerful concept indeed. But something Dr. King does stress: this is these blessing is also about an actuality. So. They must exist in some form in those numbers explained in that blessing. And we can't, I think Dr. King once said, we can't possibly visualize them except maybe as blinding lights. That was an interesting statement he made, Julian. Yes, they're just so, I mean, if, if we've already had our previous conception of God was, as far, was the sun and then we've just gone effectively beyond what we previously thought of as God uh, yeah, it's very very abstract I just also add another thing about the the seven uh, vibration mm. you mentioned is that the 12 blessings of course were given on 12 uh, consecutive Sundays so sort of yes every seven days for, for 12 days oh yes very good point yes very good point yes it, it, it's very very much um a spiritual number, isn't it? As I say, I'm not a numerologist, but I know it's connected to wisdom, inner knowledge, um, 
and uh, that's what they've chosen and then so that's the supreme lord of karma of course a lot one could say about them it's all there we do recommend people if you don't already have the 12 blessings if you don't already have it in audio form and if you don't already have the lectures on them you you, you the lectures are outstanding uh, by dr king on these and we do recommend that to you so then we come and we're in this bro- this program um we're just focusing on the actual intelligence. It's not all the qualities and the things we're told about them, but the, the existence of them and how they do exist. So we now come to the tenth blessing. And this is, I don't know whether you can call you know, a cosmic revelation a game changer. <laughs> might be disrespectful, in which case I, I take it back. But it, this was a ma- so massive was this that as soon as it was delivered, um, Mars Sector 6 delivered a short transmission after it entitled Take Great Heed. And in that he said, you have just lived through the greatest experience of your countless incarnations upon this planet Terra, meaning Earth. So that really does sort of show how enormous this revelation actually was, Julian. Yes, it, it really does imply that it's, it's, it's literally news to Earth, uh, a complete revelation. It does. And, of course, it says to Earth, not to this civilization of Earth. Uh, we have to yes. take it to be that it hasn't been revealed in Lemuria, hasn't been revealed in Atlantis, uh, and certainly not since. So the galaxy is in fact a wondrous shining being, a divine intelligence. Yes, I think uh, certain mystics have known, once they knew there was a galaxy, that it's all part of Brahma, or as they would see it, or divinity. But that's a very different thing. We're now told it's a specific intelligence. And that puts it right at the top of the pantheon so far revealed up unto the, the tenth blessing. I mean, it's not mentioned uh, in, in ancient India. It, it's not in ancient Egypt. Um, but I, I must tell you, actually, Julian, I had a very interesting experience, and it's kind of relevant to this. I, I was writing Contacts with the Gods from Space, and Dr. King was with us. It was the last book published in his lifetime. So I was in touch with him, and obviously the whole concept was agreed with him, and a lot of the extracts are written by him. But I was putting it together, and while I was doing it, I was in the theorist's house, and I was kind of guided to go over to the Fulham Library, which incidentally used to be the custodian of a lot of old religious books in London. They were put into the basement of, of, of Fulham Library, a lot of old books there. But in this case, it wasn't a religious book per se. I was felt I had to go to a particular part of the library and to a, a particular shelf and then to a particular book. And I pulled down this book, and it was called, I think it was called The Theogony of Hesiod. It was Hesiod Theogony, and the Theogony being a, a sort of a catalogue, really, of ancient Greek gods. Hesiod living, I think, in the 8th century BC, well before Socrates, Plato, and so on. And in it was listed, and I turn to this particular page, a god, Aetherios, A-E-T-H-E-R-I-O-S, which is, of course, the Greek version of it. And, you know, it's interesting that Dr. King had always said that the name Aetherius was Greek-derived, but actually Aetherius is a Latin-Roman ending, so it always sort of was strange, but it was absolutely proven there that that would just be a Latinization of of this god Aetherios, the god of, of, of space, actually. So I, I was able to phone Dr. King while he was alive, which was a real pleasure to do, and, and say, uh, tell him what had happened and say, actually, of course, you were right. It is Greek-derived. So there, there's this a Pantheon story, Julia. Wow, that's the fascinating origins of the name. Uh, yes. Um, anyway, that, that's, those gods listed there, and, and this is just one example of a, a, a list of gods, don't get anywhere near... Um, the galaxy it was a brand new revelation at least new to us made by the master Jesus and and how significant uh, he should have made it in that beautiful language we spoke about it resonates in our deepest hearts and souls so would you read a bit more actually not from that particular blessing at the moment but from this transmission 
take great heed that Mars Vector 6 immediately came in with after this revelation was made. Okay, this is Mars Vector 6. It lives, it breathes, it thinks, it feels pain, it meditates in the same way as does the logos of a planet. Yet within its great and mighty structure, there are thousands upon thousands of inhabited worlds, hundreds of mighty suns, dozens of great and mighty invisible suns, and the one central sun. Thank you. So there again we have this concept of, of a central sun, of the galaxy, uh, also of living within an intelligence which you know we are used to living on the surface of an intelligence the mother earth but there is life the greatest masters connected with the planet live within her the, namely the lords of the flame and there is i mean on mars they live beneath the surface as well a number of intelligences and there is this whole concept of including uh, you know, other life forms within its mighty structure, as, as, as this phrase says. It's, it's quite a concept, isn't it? Any thoughts on that, Julian? Yes, well, I mean, I think it, it, it really is a revelation because if we think what we know about space, about space there's such vast differences, uh, uh, such vast distances between uh, the suns and the planets and, and the galaxy in terms of our material science at least is, is mm -hmm. mostly uh, empty space and yet it's a being. Yes, yes. And there's mention there, and funny I'm talking about empty space, of dozens of great and mighty invisible suns mm. and one central sun. And, um, you know, that's like invisible to us and maybe invisible even to other intelligences too and yet very much existing. It's quite a concept. And then going back to the blessing itself, the tenth blessing, the Master Jesus reveals the existence of the, cent again, of a central sun in this galaxy. And would you kindly, Julian, read those words, those, those I think there's four sentences there, uh, about that intelligence, that central sun, or that aspect of an intelligence in the galaxy. Okay, it's from the Master Jesus. Thrice blessed is this wondrous being in the now and by now. Twice times blessed is the great and mighty central sun of this wondrous one. And once blessed as that, by that, in that, is the soul within the center. And always blessed within the mind of the absolute is the spirit of this one within the most central position of all. Thank you. Um, incredible words and a revelation of, of telling us something about the existence of a mighty divine intelligence. I'd just like to comment on the phrase in the now and by now because that does occur in other blessings too and I know the Master, Dr. George King, has given an explanation of this, one possible explanation of it, uh, on certain occasions anyway, uh, where it can mean in the now and by now. In other words, he said in the now is in the now, the divinity of now, and by now comes to this time we're in now. There's so many different meanings uh, of these things. Uh, but I wanted to just quote something that Master Jesus said on November the 16th, 1957, before the Twelve Blessings, in a, in a transmission called Pray for These, he said this, you can become you, which is now, and being now is that, and being that is God. I'm going to read that again. You can become you, which is now, and being now is that, and being that is God. A very mystical statement I think we could contemplate on and, and maybe a lot would be revealed, but does tell us in terms that one meaning of the word now is God. So where you get a statement in the now and by now, it could mean you're blessed 
in the now, thrice blessed is, is this wondrous being, in the now, and also, and by now, also blessed by God. So sometimes in these things there is more than one meaning. Another thing I, I would like to um, just throw out, uh, June, before we go to the break, because we get into our trouble with our producer if we don't come to her halfway through. Uh, but when the Master Jesus talks about the spirit of the galaxy, and he says there, just to remind uh, listeners, always blessed within the mind of the absolute is the spirit of this one within the most central position of all. Uh, he doesn't mean physically. Uh, Dr. King does make that point. The spirit is unmanifested. So this doesn't mean a central physical position. It means central to our being. That's how Dr. King explains that phrase. And, uh, you know, we can draw, uh, as I said earlier, multiple meanings sometimes, all of which are true when you have great truths. But that brings us halfway through the show to our announcement from our producer, Nikki Parrott. Well, my goodness me, what an amazing first half. <laughs> Thanks so very much, Richard and Julian. You are listening to a Serious Radio Live with host Richard Lawrence and his guest, Julian Rosser, on the subject of Jesus, the Master, who revealed a pantheon of supergalactic proportions. Pooh, phew. Right, on with the announcements. You will be pleased to hear that on Wednesday, April 6th, another King Yoga experience will take place online only, which starts at 6.45 p.m. through to 8 p.m. BST. This is entitled The Truth About Karma and will be presented by Mark Bennett. So that's going to be another amazing experience. Now, we're all looking forward to the uh, Mind, Body, Spirit Festival, which is taking place in London from April the 15th to the 18th. And the Ethereum Society has two stands, King Yoga and one for the Ethereum Society. So if you're in the area of London, please do pop in and details are on our website. Great news for all of humanity. Yet again, more good news. 12 midnight GMT, April 18th, heralds in the first hour of the first spiritual push for 2022 when we welcome again into orbit of Earth the giant spacecraft we know as the third sat satellite, flooding our world with much needed spiritual energy. This spiritual push or magnetization period lasts until May 23rd, during which all spiritual actions performed with selfless motive are enhanced by a factor of 3,000 times. The special service to mark this potent first hour will be live streamed and held locally and details will be on Ethereus.org for these various venues. You are warmly invited to continue definitely especially during this period and in view of the world situation for services both live stream and online and details of these are on our website uh, just for your information we will be regularly holding service for you the Ukraine conflict several times a day again online and locally so do visit the website please for more details Richard will be Hosting the next Ethereum radio live show on April the 19th, when he will be looking, now this is a fascinating one, the first cosmic transmission given in public. I won't say any more than that, as the show itself will reveal much more about this historical happening in the history of this world. So that's it for now from me, and I'm very pleased to hand you back to Richard. Thank you very much, uh, Nikki. And for those who've just joined us, I'm delighted to be joined by Julian Rosser, uh, who has a lot of uh, experience in presenting uh, events, talks, workshops, and services uh, to many, many people around the world, actually. And we've been discussing the supergalactic uh, pantheon uh, uh, that we uh, are, were introduced to by the Master Jesus, whose birth we celebrate this very day over 2,000 years ago. And we're coming on now, Julian, to the 11th blessing. And this is another, again, another gigantic leap 
um, if we can even, you know, really we are so ignorant that we, we're not qualified to even remark on these things. But I do repeat, they're given to us for a reason. They are given, if we just block them off, say, well, we can't deal with it, what was the point of giving it to us in the first place? We should at least strive to get even these enormous concepts that we're looking at in this particular show uh, into our brain at least to some degree and into our hearts to some degree. And we're coming now to the 11th blessing. Um, and before I ask you to read a, packet, pa a passage from this, I would just like to say that Dr. King was absolutely stated that he was absolutely knocked out. I don't think that was his phrase, knocked for six or something like that. When he first uh, heard the seventh freedom, and he heard this change from creation, preservation, transmigration, creation, preservation, transmutation, from transmigration to transmutation. Now, please forgive me if you're a newer listener. We do cover these things in depth, and you'll find them in the Nine Freedoms. And, you know, if, we, if some of this material is very new to you, it, it is... We're at the advanced end of our teachings here, and we'll be very happy to explain anything if we, we passed over it too quickly in this show for you. But a lot of our listeners will be familiar with that. And Dr. King said that one of the things that really hit him was that even the galaxy cannot go back to God as a galaxy because it still hasn't transmuted matter. Do you remember that, Julian? Yes, it's, it's, it's quite extraordinary, isn't it? It really is. At, even at that level, these divine intelligences, way above even the suns, even above the supreme lords of karma, um, they still are having to transmute all matter in order to return to God. Whereas, you know, some of these sages of old used to believe that if only they entered nirvana, they would immediately amalgamate with God. So there's a massive lesson there. Now, though, we're coming on to intelligences which are different. And the reason, one of the big things about the supreme lords of creation, who are the subject of the 11th blessing, is that a part of these intelligences is not even in manifestation anyway, which puts a whole different uh, slant on it. It's something we can't claim to understand but it does mean that either a part of them never did manifest, never needed to manifest, or um, that they, it has returned. That we don't know, but a part of these intelligences, the greater part of them actually, isn't in manifestation. But I'm going to ask you, Julian, please, um, if you would read this, a key passage in this blessing, again, which deals with numbers. Could you read that, please? Yes, sure. There is the one in the center. There are the seven central suns. There are the 91 galactic lords. There are the 900 million solar logi. There are the countless trillions of worlds. And all these have been brought into wondrous manifestation by the supreme lords of creation who work as the seven round the one. I love that last phrase, who work as the seven round the one. We have that number seven again. Um, there is the one in the center. There are the seven central suns. There are the 91 galactic laws. This is going to be referred to in a similar way, and we'll come on to it when we reach the final blessing, the twelfth blessing. But we have quite a list there. So we have the one in the center, that gain that concept as we had with the galaxy and we had with the supreme lords of karma of one in the center seven central suns that's uh, that is the supreme lords of creation actually uh, as we'll find out also we find this out in the twelfth blessing they work as the seven and it's interesting because we mentioned earlier that the god of the bible and the hindu scripts is that was the sun and I believe I'm right in saying, uh, Julian, that Dr. King did refer to the to sons as lesser lords of creation. Yes. Uh, that's what I believe, he, he said. I don't know if you've come across that at all. Yes, and uh, it makes sense logically as well, doesn't it? 
It does. Do you want to elaborate on that? Well, he 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 in the uh, I I do recall him saying in the uh, in a lecture uh, where he he referred to um, yeah the the son as a, a lord of creation. There being a hierarchy mm. of lords of creation, uh, you, I, you know, right. you've got your kind of, yes. for want of a better term, your, your regular level of lord of creation, then a greater and a greater <laughs> and a greater and, and ultimately a supreme. Right, yes. Indeed, yeah, that's a very good point. And of course, all life in the solar system comes from or through the sun. It's the source in the solar system of all prana, all life. So it functions as a lord of creation. It's almost as though, I don't know if I can use this term, it's so hard, we don't want to be disrespectful at all in trying to understand this, but it, they're kind of modelled on the supreme lord of creation. Um, and uh, that whole concept so is interesting to have them described in this one passage of seven central suns. Uh, the earth herself, of course, for newer listeners be interested to know, was created by the sun, so created the earth, using the planet Uranus, a female planet, as a negative, negative in, in, a, in a good sense, by the way, preservative force to bring about the birth of the earth. So, so the supreme lords of creation are creators and preservers of all manifestation. They are both. They're seven in numbers. Now, the galaxy is, is sacrificing itself on the plane of preservation, we're told. So it's a, a preservative form of service. But the supreme laws of creation, which are above even the galaxies, are creators and preservers of all manifestation and are described, as I say, as the seven central sun, that mystical number that, again, with its spiritual properties. But remembering, again, also that the greater part of them is not even in manifestation and this is a massive progression i would suggest between the galaxy and that was a brand new revelation to hearing about intelligences the greater part of whom is not even in manifestation the master jesus tells us they are the potential itself as well as the realizers of the potential so it seems that they will a part of them is remaining in manifestation to bring about the, this final transmutation back to divinity. Uh, there's also listed in the list you just read there, Julian, 91 galactic lords. Now, Dr. King made it very clear that doesn't mean to say, and we know, of course, now, by the way, when this was delivered in 1958, and you might know more about this than me, Julian, I don't think people had any idea there were trillions of worlds in the universe. I don't think it was known, actually, whether the other suns even had planets around them. Did you know anything about yeah, that, Julian? I wouldn't know exactly, but it was certainly very early days. Uh, we could only see so far with our, uh, astronom uh, with our astronomy, Earth-based astronomy. And uh, mm. so, yeah, yeah, I don't know exactly, but yeah, our, our, our understanding has come on enormously since 1958, that's for sure. I mean, we take it as read now that there are countless trillions of worlds, but I don't think they would have done in 1958. That, that, well, they hadn't got that far then, I don't think. Anyway, he says there are 91 galactic lords. That doesn't mean there are 91 galaxy, galaxies. Dr. King made that very clear straight away, actually, when he gave the lectures on it. Um, it doesn't mean, um, you know, that... Uh, he, well, what he specified is that to become a galactic lord would be an initiation even higher than that of being a galaxy, to put it bluntly. So a galactic lord can manifest as a large number of galaxies. But he did say the number 91 has got to be for a reason. And so 91, and that's an interesting number, isn't it? I mean, 9 plus 1 is 10, and the galaxy is the 10th blessing. So whether that is... Uh, deliberate I've got no idea but it's a small observation and then he goes on to the 900 million solar logi and he says there too Dr. King that a solar logi doesn't necessarily mean 900 million suns each solar logos could comprise many suns but he did uh, comment on the number nine number nine another a number of completion so he deduced from that that, that all the solar logi not necessarily suns, but solar logi are now in manifestation. 
so it's it's quite an amazing list there. Uh, one thing I like, uh, Julian, I think I remember commenting on this to you when I first noticed it, which was quite recently, that the only word we're given uh, to describe the function of the supreme lords of creation is the word work. They, they're referred to twice in that bless, blessing as working. Um, and it's the only word that's used for them. And that, I think of itself, elevates work to a divine level, providing it's spiritually conceived work, by the way. Uh, it's the highest, I mean, they are the highest intelligences we know of in manifestation, bar one, which we'll come on to. And what do they do? They work. And we can, I mean, the Master Jesus could have used any word he wanted. I think if this had been conceived of at all in a past age, they would have been thought of as meditating or of, of and, and I'm not, no doubt that they, they do at some level, but the, this is the chosen word by the Master Jesus. Any comments on that, Julian? Well, it's, it, it shows, yeah, especially in contrast to you you're saying meditation there. I mean, the act of creation is... It's active, right. isn't it? It's not True. a passive state of bliss or anything like no. that. So if you're creative, if you're a lord, a supreme lord of creation, it implies action. Uh, and so work, mm. is a, it's, a, it's a lovely way of describing it. It is, it is. And it, uh, I think, should give great heart to all karma yogis. And by the way, in karma yoga, I, I'm including prayer, service, um, and all work, no matter how basic, if it's for a spiritual cause, it's a tiny, 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 tiny expression of what even these very great ones are doing at some level way beyond our comprehension. And they work as the seven round the one, and that's where we now need to move to understand that to the twelfth, to the final blessing. All the greatest religions uh, agree on one thing, that ultimately, although there are pantheons, there are lists of gods, lists of divine intelligences, actually even the Christian religion has a list, it has a, a trinity, breaks it into, it's a strange one in my view, but it does have a trinity. But in the end, all the great religions are agreed that there is one God, whatever name one gives that. Um, and, there are, and sometimes people have had a glimpse of that God, and we've talked about, the sun being the god, and it's a very logical, reasonable thing uh, for religions to focus on, knowingly or unknowingly. But ultimately, the one god is known as the absolute, and that is described in the twelfth blessing. And I'll now ask Julian to read a key passage. It's a beautiful, beautiful um, blessing uh, in in many levels, uh, it, it, just as a piece of poetry I would call it or, or, or beautiful prose uh, as well as its inner meaning so would you read this one passage for us please Julian ok this is the Master Jesus greater than all the worlds is this for it contains them greater than all the suns is this for these are the centres of its wondrous body greater than the great galactic lords is this for these are activated centers of preservation within this mighty frame. Greater than even the seven lords of creation is this, for these are its hearts. Greater than even the one within the center is this, for this is but its brain. It is above all these things. It is all these things and even more than that. Thank you very much, Julian. So it's greater than all these intelligences, greater than the suns, centers, these are the centers of its wondrous body, greater than the great galactic lords, activated centers of preservation, greater than even the seven lords of creation. This is a beautiful way of describing it, I think, and you, how wonderful, again, that it's the Master Jesus who does this in his perfect manner. For these, this, these are its hearts. He describes the seven lords of creation. Uh, uh, elsewhere, he calls them the seven central suns, um, as its hearts. And then he comes on to another intelligence, greater than even the one within the centre. Is this? For this 
is but its brain. It is above all these things, it is all these things, and even more than that. So we have an intelligence greater even now than the seven lords of creation, and that's the one within the center, as you may remember, around whom they work, and that is the brain of the absolute. And you know, um, I was just struck one day, and I think I, I think you were in the building, Julian, and I, yes. and I mentioned it to you, that we've suddenly learnt about a stage that wasn't known about even by the ancients who understood the so-called out-breathing and the in-breathing where everything came from potential, then it came to manifestation, then it returned back to the, to, to the potential again. But as the Master Jesus puts it somewhere, returning to the Godhead as conscious gods. That's another phrase that really hit Dr. King for six when he first heard that phrase. Now... What is added to that, and we're told about is, is the stage before potential is now revealed to us, which the, these ones, these ones being the supreme lords of creation, can use. So even prior to potential, there was a stage before that, which was the formation of the great cause. Now we can't really understand these things because... In potential, never mind before potential, there was no thought, there was no energy, nothing existed in terms of manifestation, and yet a cause was formed. And I would suggest, Julian, and this is only me, little old me who knows very little about much, uh, suggesting that whatever it was that formed that great cause uh, and it was the absolute it was it was uh, the one the all that there was this in creation would manifest as its brain so just to repeat that before potential the great cause was formed which the seven lords of creation used it seems they you could you I don't know whether this is the right word to use, they need that, or that is their their motivating force in some way, and they use that. That great cause, that great cause which comes can only be discovered through experience and evolution. And and little bits of it get discovered as we go. They, the supreme lords of creation, obviously would know it. What is it that created that? Well it was prior to manifestation but now we're told about something which is in manifestation which is greater even than the seven laws of creation because they work around it and that is the its brain the one within the center do you have any i know we're way out of our depth here julian and i did warn the listeners but do you have any comments you wish to make about that well, I think I need a few lifetimes to prepare my comments on that particular <laughs> observation. It's, uh, you it's very, both. very profound. It's amazing yes. what can be drawn out of really, you know, even a single sentence in, in, in such a book as mm -hmm. this, that so much is packed into it uh, for contemplation and meditation. Yes. And, and we have to be careful not to lose it by intellectualization. I'm certainly not trying to do that just focus ourselves upon it and allow its implications to dawn uh, probably slowly within us because I mean I've read the uh, 12 blessings I don't know hundreds of times and heard them over and over again dozens of dozens of times each uh, particularly on a Sunday morning and yet suddenly that suddenly dawned on me last year that we have learnt now about a stage even prior to potential, which, as far as I can tell, has never been revealed before as a stage. And it's called a stage. Stage before potential, when the great cause was formed. Um, and then we were also told about the, the, the brain of the absolute, around which the supreme laws of creation, those that are in manifestation, the part of them that's in manifestation, and once again, they've chosen to be seven. It's not that they just are seven, they choose to be seven, and they must have a reason for that. You have this idea of seven around one. Again, we had it in the ninth blessing as well. And 
I, as I say, just to repeat, it must be, in my opinion, a manifesting aspect of that which formed the great cause uh, before potential. So when it came into manifestation, it was the brain of the absolute. But as Lao Tse said, much speech leads inevitably to silence, and the absolute exists, and I'm quoting now, in all the complete immobility of its silent self. Uh, that's another even greater statement, all the complete immobility of the silent self. So the beautiful, another beautiful phrase by the Master Jesus. So even the highest intelligence we've ever he- intelligence is we've ever heard of, the supreme laws of karma, the galaxies, the supreme laws of creation, the one within the center, even these, it is above even these. It is these things, but it's more than that. It, because obviously... It is that, what is often referred to in a lot of our teachings, actually, as T-H-A-T, that. So I think if it wasn't, we weren't on live radio, Julian, we'd probably now just go into silence, but that doesn't really work very well on radio. But uh, I'd like to really, there's nothing really I feel I could add to what we've said there. I'm sure there's a lot for people to realise. Do you have any comments you wish to make about these fascinating revelations made by the beloved Master Jesus and given to our world? Well, I think it just goes to show how much of a, of a gift this is that he's given us. And if, if we can take these revelations that you've kind of talked us through today, and it's such a small book, but it is just packed with uh, virtually limitless uh, teaching that uh, we can all learn from and as you say you've, you've heard these hundreds of times or, or read them hundreds mm-hmm. practiced them said the prayers so many times um, but still it just keeps giving and giving there's just so much in it thank you so much for joining us today Julian now one decision we've made on Ethereum Radio Live and I, and I hope it's one that the listeners are going to welcome we're going to focus more than ever before on the transmissions delivered, as I mentioned earlier, by the Master Ethereus, the infallible one. We won't exclusively do that. Uh, we'll still carry on covering important aspects of our core teachings. But we're going to make this a particular focus from now on, because it's probably true to say that more transmissions have been given by the Master Ethereus than any other cosmic master. And he hasn't chosen, as I said earlier, to deliver a series, a particular series, like the Twelve Blessings or like the Nine Freedoms, and we could make the mistake of passing over. Uh, I'm not saying anyone does this, but his outstanding wisdom, because we so often focused on those two key works at the very core of the the society. So, as I say, we'll cover other topics too, but more and more we'll bring to light the words of the Master of Theories and try to discover the inner meanings, because he had more than one reason for the transmissions he gave. And it's some of the greatest wisdom our world has ever been given. And I think he must rank, he must rank among the hierarchical lords of the solar system. Um, he, he wouldn't describe himself as such, but after all, it was he who recruited, who chose Dr. George King. And we know that was done by the hierarchical lords of the solar system. So we're going to start next week looking at the first transmission ever delivered. And it was delivered by him, but it's the first transmission ever delivered to a public audience on January the 29th, 1955. I would say if we had to pick a date from which Ethereum Society started, that would be the date I would have to pick because that's when it went public for the first time. So that's what we'll be doing next month. Uh, We're hoping Chrissy will be back for that. Uh, And in the meantime, thank you all so much for listening and God bless you all. Thank you again for joining us, Julian Rosser, and over to our wonderful producer, Nikki Parrott. Well, you have had a period of silence there as I get my breath back for such a brilliant, brilliant show. That's excellent, wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Richard, for such an in-depth explanation about the deep revelations by the Master Jesus certainly has given us, I would imagine, all a different perspective when thinking about this wonderful master of love, especially on this special day. And thank you also, Julian, for joining us as our guest on today's show.
Goodness, how does one follow on from there? Just a quick reminder, please remember April the 6th, Wednesday, King Yoga Experience, um, led by Mark Bennett, entitled The Truth About Karma. And as already mentioned, Richard will be hosting the next Sirius Radio Live show on April 19th, when he will be looking at the first cosmic transmission given in public. We are looking forward so much to the revelations and hearing more about the words of the Master of Sirius. Wonderful, wonderful, exciting. So, visiting Sirius.org will provide you with details of the intensive program of services being live streamed from Sirius temples in London and Los Angeles together with its online 12 Blessings service at 12blessings.org. And obviously, you can visit Sirius.org for more information regarding all the publications and downloads, etc. from our website. You can connect with your host, Richard Lawrence, through his personal website, richardlawrence.co.uk, and also what Julian uh, is contactable via ethereus.org. So we really hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you for listening, and we look forward very much to your company next month.